Episode 4 of We Are Not Experts. This episode's titled Three Men and a Little Lady because I am joined here <laughs> by three men. Uh, so we have Bill, we have Manny, and we have Michael who are our guests this week. Uh, we're going to be covering all sorts of fun topics, but mostly we're going to be talking to Michael and Manny about same sex dating and probably just dating in New York, which seems inherently more interesting than dating where we live, which is boring. <laughs> <laughs> so. Without further ado, uh, let's start with how you two met. <laughs> because we had, uh, I sent Michael and Manny a survey um, for guests on the show, and they both selected their their first date with each other as their favorite first date. So it must have been pretty good. Lay it on me. You want to? Sure. So we met. Uh, we'll be together six years, January fourth. Hey, he remembered our anniversary. Shut up. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Low bars. And when we say six years in gay years, that's what, like twenty-five? It's like Thirty-two. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we met. We met in New York. We met on a, I'm air quoting, <laughs> a dating app called Scruff. It's not really a dating app, but okay. We met on Scruff. That's how it's marketed. Is it an um, offshoot of like it's? Is it similar to Grinder? Yeah, it's kind of like Grinder for men who are not little twinks and like <laughs> so uh yeah so we met on scruff uh mm-hmm. we spoke for a little while I, we weren't like that interested to, with each other in the beginning uh, yeah i think we spoke sporadically on and off for about i would say a month because the backstory is that i was moving out of my ex-boyfriend's house when i started talking to manny Ooh, how old were you drama. uh six years ago i was what 23 20, wow. Yeah. Yeah. 24, 24, 24. Around yeah. 24. And how old were you? Are you guys the same age? Yeah. yeah. He's okay. uh, one month. I'm, well, exactly one month older. What? Yeah. So I was coming off of the tail end of my relationship when I started dating, when I started talking to Manny. And uh, that was, I think, around Thanksgiving of 2010. Mm-hmm. And then we started dating at the end of January 2011. Yeah. After we were, after we met. Yeah. Yeah. What was your first date? So our first date, so I was, it was so funny, we were leading up to this, we were talking about this yesterday about like just trying to remember those details. Yeah. It's funny how I should have known this was going to be a problematic relationship <laughs> because we agreed to meet at Bryant Park in New York and we, there was a, it was Christmas time. So there was like the, they have a, like a holiday market and they set up a huge ice skating rink in the middle and our date was to go ice skating of course and <laughs> fall on our asses um we get i get there i see him in a big bubble coat <laughs> terrible tacky bubble coat i'm like oh god here we go um and we were gonna i was like okay so hi how's it going like all that awkward thing when you first meet them and he chickens out immediately of Oh, so going ice to, yeah, the ice skating. Well, I don't necessarily Six years know in, by that's the way. how I remember it. Okay, well, I kind of remember it. us debating. I think 
I was kind of hesitant to do the ice skating because I knew that I was going to fall and I didn't want to embarrass myself in front of you. So I kind of leaned into, why don't we, are you hungry? Let's go get something to eat. Which is pretty so, much... Which is the quickest way to my heart, of course, stuffing me with food. So. Yeah. And that's pretty much how all our dates have been since. Yeah, and our first... Like and I, that seems like kind of sound judgment there if you feel like you're going to make a fool of yourself <laughs> to pick something that's exciting or interesting <laughs> But still gonna leave you with a chance for romance. Yeah. <laughs> Except when you actually get to know me. I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I'm gonna fall. But of course, the, the, we ended up eating sushi, which is like one of my favorite things. And I took him home after. And I dragged <laughs> him to Jersey. Are. And here we are. You dragged him to Jersey that night? Yeah, I lived in Jersey at the time. So I came. You crossed state borders. I crossed state borders. Yeah. I cr- crossed that wall mm-hmm. that they built. And, uh,. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, you know, because I'm so coy and subtle, I had a backpack of things to stay the night just in case. (laughs) So it's like, you know, here I am having a backpack. I didn't know that, actually. I had a a to-go bag. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, maybe in New York, like, you're commuting, like, you probably have some stuff, like, whatever. But I always think about this because I don't even carry a purse. Yeah. So I'm like, how am I subtly like, I never carry anything, but today I have a huge backpack because I anticipate I might need like a toothbrush. You never know. Just another advantage of being a white male. Just throw your bag in the truck and you're driving. So like you always got it with you. <laughs> yeah. That sweet, sweet rural life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think, I think at that point I was living out of, I think yeah, you were still in Westchester. I think I, so I had recently moved out of the East Village apartment I was living in, and I was back at my parents in Westchester. So, of course, you know, anyone who lives outside of the city, going into the city, you have, it has to be like this epic journey where you have to pack and bring a backpack. So I naturally had mine, and little did I know, six years later, I would still end up... You still have the backpack. Like a nuclear cockroach. You still have <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two cats and two probably cats, like twenty nine no apartments. Lots of student debt and yeah. uh, love. <laughs> four. Four. It's been yes. four. Six years. Four. Six apartments. years. Four That's apartments. Yeah. I've moved three times in the last two years. It's a lot of moving. And three states. Yeah, New Jersey, New York, and and Washington. Yeah, I can't believe I got you out to New Jersey. They live in Union City, New Jersey. Oof. Where my people are, my Latinos. Okay, so what's the hardest thing about same-sex dating? Who thinks the most challenging? <sighs> really getting into it. Well, yeah. I want to know because when when I was in school, my best friend was gay, and he's always dating guys, and I'm like, how does he meet all these guys? It's always the hardest thing for me. It's before online dating, so it's always hard for me to get a date. Mm-hmm. Once you have them, it's easy. So I was asking him like for tips. How does it work? How do you get all these guys? Like, oh, it's easy. You just make eye contact. So that's kind of true. <laughs> we're mad. Like, I, I hate to say that we're like men. We're men. We're like we're more. Like, I guess we're alpha e in the gay community. We're very like. I don't Are know you saying to, you personally and you and Michael are just yeah? In general? I think us in general, like us, we're yeah. we're both very like that's hard. That's one of the hard things in our relationship. We're both very alpha, so we clash a lot. Mm-hmm. So we like to mansplain to each other constantly, <laughs> and you know, you do it's me. my way of the highway. Yeah, yeah. And, and some two of those people of, under one roof. Right, exactly. it's probably a lot of highway. And I, a lot I of think, car crashes yeah, along yeah. the way. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think, one of the hard parts about same-sex dating in general, just taking it out of our relationship, is that I feel like 
Um, there are still so many stigmas within the gay community, as loving and accepting as we tend to say that we are, um, that may not necessarily always be the case. Um, so you may find that, you know, you'll meet someone and right away you'll, if, if you're not instantly attracted to them and you're not thinking that you may want to have sex with them, you may automatically decide that this is not somebody that I would even consider going out on a date with. Um, I've gone out with people in the past that, you know, I was really stimulated with in terms of how we had conversations and, but they just were not physically attracted to me. So they did not want to have a second date. So I think that, I don't know. I think sometimes I think there's a lot of vanity yeah. in the, in the, in the community. I feel, I feel like, um, we were looking at something at work. It was someone's Instagram, and he it was a it was a candidate at work, and he was gay, and he had um, a bunch of hashtags, and one of them was, oh god, I think it was like he's an otter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we we went down this rabbit hole of like reading all these blog posts about there are so many subgroups within gay culture that I didn't know about because I knew about a few of them like twinks and bears and like a few of the other ones, but yeah. there are so many, and I don't know if that's newer. Or what? But I was like, that's gotta be so hard. It's like, well, I used to be an otter, but then like now I'm a little like chubbier. So now I'm <laughs> yeah. Like, so it's like what? Like day to day, you're like, ooh man, not feeling that today. Can, can I ask my classification? I want to know which one I would be. You'd ooh, be a yeah. daddy. You'd be a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, I agree. But what if, what if I was dating somebody my own age? Would I still be a daddy? Well, yeah, could, yeah. Like after a certain age, everybody's a daddy. A daddy is like you know, like a like a hotter older man with like a beard and his at least he's got some of his shit together. We all aspire to want a daddy. Very I'm nice. still waiting on my daddy, by the way. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Keep waiting. Um, <laughs> but is, I mean, it, is it still a daddy if you're dating someone the same age? I mean, I guess that I guess that whole dad thing comes from like it just comes from this like. It's so- we all have dad issues. <laughs> dad issues. But um, I'm just saying, you're what, 15 years younger than me, so, like, you might see me that way, but somebody my age, I what don't think. What if you were trying to date a 60 year old? How would that work? Yeah. A grandpa? I mean, I, I don't think it's, a I don't, a I don't think it's an age thing. Yeah. I don't think it's, like, oh. between this age and this yeah. age, or, like a, like, a dad, but, like, I think it's just, like, um, it, it tends to be a, a more masculine. <laughs> Rugged, rugged, you know, like sure. I guess a stereotypical man that you yeah. know, like yeah. g- little gay boys all over the world fantasize about <laughs> when they're like twelve. So you're saying he'd do well on scruff. He would absolutely. He would actually do particularly well on scruff. Um, I think that's a pretty. I think that's a pretty uh, flattering, <laughs> flattering uh, classification. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I think if. I don't now that you ask it. I don't know what it would. I don't know if two older men, if they would refer to each other as dad. Probably not. I would refer I to it as a party. No. <laughs> <laughs> it typically tends to be a younger person calling them that. I guess, yeah, if you yeah, like. yeah. But yeah, I think that whole that there's so, so many much of it. And there's a new one every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm Even all about I, you. Call yourself whatever you want to be. Sure. I'm just having a little joke. It's interesting because it seems like two, and I guess it's. Um, I guess for all couples, because there's like 
well, I don't Christian mingle. I'm sure does not do same sex matching. <laughs> <No>. But <laughs> you know, there's Maybe. there's there's all these dating sites like J Life mm-hmm. for yeah. or J Date for um. It, but it's more cultural factors. It's not like. Basically, like physical categories, yeah. like dictate what dating app you're supposed and, to Yeah, use. and that's where you kind of like you get into that, like, why do they have all of those categories? Well, and I why feel do... like it, it seems like for me, like, I've dated like people that were my height, people that were like almost seven feet tall, like people that were bigger, people that were skinnier, like, whatever. I haven't like, I, I would never like say I pigeonholed myself into like a type other than having a low bar was my type. <laughs> but I don't know that I would be like, well, I have to choose from like, you know, like, do I want, like, a hipster, like, coffee drinker? Or do I want, like, a rugged, like, whatever? Like, it would be challenging. Yeah. But I feel like it's, I don't know. And going back to what... Specific. Yeah, and going back to what you said, Bill, about, like, how, like, what are the challenges of dating within, like, the gay community? When I talk to a lot of my single friends, that's kind of, like, what I hear now. That um, it's so focused on, do you fit the type that I'm looking at? Or like I'm looking for. Do you, or, would you say it's appearance based or? Yeah, I think a lot of. It's I hate, I mean I hate to say that because I don't want to make it seem like our community is just a, a cesspool of vanity. But I mean there I I do think that is one of the challenges that I've seen and I've heard from my gay friends that you know if if I'm not attracted to you then I'm probably not going to want to go out on a date with you. Which I mean. And I think that the. Uh the kind of casual sex culture that Grindr brought to like the mainstream that I think had been happening forever um, in gay culture. And I think happens with straight people too. It's just very like under the table, like nobody talks about it. Um, I think that that's been an interesting uh, like moment in culture. Cause I think like Tinder when it was introduced was supposed to be close to Grindr for straight people. And I think it was the same company too. I think so. But people thought it was so gross. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. It's interesting. And I think um, Grindr now has moved towards being more like a date, a regular dating app. I've met, like, when I was back back in, back in the day when I was on Grindr, like, I met friends on Grindr. Like, I met friends on, on Scruff. I was never the type of person to go on there for, like, sex specifically. For me, it was a boredom thing. There was nothing to do in Jersey. So, um, but... Yeah, I think I think a lot of those like little subcultures, subgroups, mm-hmm. come kind of also from a positive, I guess, standpoint instead of the van, the vein and the vanity. It's because there's so much, there's been so much discrimination in the past. Mm-hmm. Everyone within the there's so many different types of gay of gay people and LGBTQ people that like everybody has been seeking their own little pocket to of, of acceptance, I guess. Mm-hmm. So like. Here in Seattle, there's like certain clubs. There's like Cuff, which is more of a bear bar, uh, leather bar, and then there's like um, Hudson Pub, Hudson Madison Pub. That's how you, that's how much you know we don't go. Yeah, <laughs> we really go. Madison Pub Madison is more of like a sports bar type. Sports bar when you want to watch Purr, a game. Per was more Purr, music. Per is when you want to go listen to Britney uh-huh. <laughs> or like Madonna. Madonna. Madonna, whatever the kids are listening to these yeah. days. Um, yeah, so I mean, in one way, it makes it easy for you to identify the kind of person you're attracted to, but it's sure. also like there is a there is definitely like pigeonholes, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the reason I asked why <clears throat> what was the hardest is like from from a, a heterosexual guy's point of view, gay dating seemed easy. Like, and I don't mean to say that it is. Just from my vantage, it's like, what could be easier? Two guys that are interested in like hanging out and like uh, you know hooking up and like all that stuff, but. 
I don't have a good sense of like what the you know. But I imagine there's just as many challenges, if not more, with same-sex dating as there is with hetero dating. But I, I think what appeals to me about it is like it seems more straightforward. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> well, we're gonna have to pause this and take a break. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> well, I think I think because it's like the communication element of it for me is like when you're communicating with another guy, it's very straightforward versus when it's a guy and a girl, there's like, I feel like you have to cross this divide that is sometimes challenging. Yeah. And I would say that that's true. I think, I think it's true in different, I think it's true because you, because I'm a man and I'm attracted to a man, I kind of know what a man is like. I I, I think like a man. Sure. So I know what a man wants, I guess, or I knew what a man likes. (laughs) Well, that sounds very. It's very definitive. Yeah. Manny knows what men want. <laughs> um, yes. And then oh, when boy. when it comes to the whole dating, so we're, we in the gay community have to separate dating and sex because yeah. sex is. And that's kind of what I was trying to talk about yeah. before, like the the views of monogamy and the views of just relationships and those dynamics. Have, I think traditionally been very different in the gay community for a long time. Yeah. Absolutely. And then now with all of these apps, it's become it's almost like gay like the gay life has like we've all developed this like short attention span because everything is so instant. Like if you want it, you can go on this app and you can go and you can get it mm-hmm. with no strings attached. Right. And I think dating now, I mean I haven't been in that market in a while, but from what I'm, from what my friends tell me, and what what I experience with my friends, it's very like people don't want to make that commitment. Like right. him and I are those type of people that we want to make that commitment. Mm-hmm. We like the other fun right. stuff, but right. we also we want that commitment. And it's interesting to me because I think in the last, I don't know, the last couple years, maybe the last like five years, um, I've noticed a huge influx in the straight community of talking about poly relationships mm-hmm. and talking about open relationships. And I think a lot of people have had those dynamics. Yeah, forever. Um, but I think that it's it is a huge part of gay culture that now is like crossing mm-hmm. over into straight culture of yeah. like maybe we don't have to just be monogamous till we die, um, which I think is super interesting. Yeah. But it's funny because it's talked about as if it's never happened, like to anyone ever. Is it's that like, is that true? Would you say about um, particularly male gay, gay dating that like sometimes you're you have a primary partner but then it's also cool to explore other avenues yeah i would say that i would probably at least just from surface view i would say that it's a little more prevalent in gay relationships yeah um I, that's probably because heterosexual relationships are just they're rooted in like the traditional man and the right. woman and, and that they, was never there yeah and and that was we never really had that until mm-hmm. now like right, with, right. With, with gay rights and marriage and and all of that stuff now um not to diminish that, like all of that stuff. <laughs> all that yeah. stuff. It was well fought for, and we deserve it. But it's just, yeah, and, and especially with two men, it's mm-hmm. we're very sexual beings. Yeah. Not to say right. that women are not sexual beings, but like we're our hormone, <laughs> we're like there are raging hormones in men all the time. So that that view of like men being able to find sex easy all over yeah. the place. It's it is actually a true thing. Yeah, I would say. I mean, that's why Grinder is successful. Exactly, because yeah. it works. And I've had many conversations with friends of mine who are in open relationships. And the first question that I always say is, how are you able to just do that? How are you able to have a functioning relationship um, and, and still explore? And the, the, general question, the general answer I usually get is, my partner and I are distinctly able to separate 
love and sex. Mm -hmm. We know that they're two different things and I think also communication in that instance is very important. So you still have some, the, 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 the building blocks of any normal relationship still need to be there, whether it's a gay relationship or a straight relationship. You still have to trust your partner, you have to communicate well with them, and you have to know what your boundaries are. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. So yes. you're saying your friend growing up was gay, so this was before... I mean, talk about you're 15 years older than us, so this was before dating sites at all. Um, if this was, was this in Big Lake? No, this, no. Was, in, this was in LA. Oh, okay. So it was, Specifically Hollywood. Yeah, so it was probably not too terrible. Because I was going to say, what I was terrible? Dating, like finding men to date in Hollywood. Oh, no. He I'm just sure it was fine. Toddle on off to West Hollywood and yeah. do his thing. Right. Yeah. But I think if it, it would have been interesting if he had been in, like, where we live in, like, the early 90s trying to find men to date. Oh, yeah. I can imagine like, living in, like, awful. the middle of the country and trying to right. find, like, I mean, you just without those apps and those... Right. Those, it, it, I think, I think in a lot of people probably just either did or just dreamed of moving to a big city. Yeah. Because it was like, I'll be able to actually find people that are like me. Well, especially in L.A. at that, at that time, because that was in the 90s, uh, I think it was probably more offensive in LA to be vegetarian than to be gay. <laughs> and I don't say that jokingly. Because uh, I was vegetarian. He was more <laughs> accepted for being gay. It's just, it's, nobody really cares. Yeah. It's, just, it's just all fine. And that's how we met. He invited me back to his place for pie, which apparently was code for, I think you're cute. And, I, and he, we started talking about our exes, and I was like, oh, what, what was your name? And he started laughing. <laughs> Bill. And that was it. Bill. 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 Um, that's funny. Do you have questions for us? Let's see. Um, so what are, I mean, what are some perceptions that heterosexual couples have when it comes to gay relationships? I've been, I've been told I move in as fast as a lesbian. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny that you say that because he literally moved in like a month. I somehow got convinced I'm like five days later. I'm like, all right, here's all the stuff. (laughs) Clear out a drawer. Yeah. So I'm putting Not you literally. in the will on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's literally what I mean. You literally... That's what I was joking. Like, the, the nuclear cockroach. Like, when the, the bomb hits, he's gonna lie. Like, <laughs> he he came to Jersey, and he literally, like... He started every other weekend was coming over. Was that your over. tiny little apartment? No, that was oh, a little okay. neat. That okay. was a 250-square-foot studio. <laughs> Oof. Um, no, I had, like, I had a bigger apartment there, but... Yeah. Um... He literally he came in one weekend and he happened to commute all the way from Westchester to yeah. New York, which is like not upstate, but it's like Fuck. every everybody I who, call it upstate. Everybody upstate to me if it's not my name. Said it's upstate, yeah. But he would commute like his commute to work in Newark, New Jersey was like two hours, multiple hours back and both forth. ways. Yeah, no, thank you. So it was so funny that like once we got like we we kept seeing each other and he he just started staying weekends and he would go to work on Monday, and it started. And then it was like, it why started don't you Saturday. Just stay on Monday? Yeah, it was literally you... that. Why don't you just stay, come home. And then before I knew here. it, it was like, you're here now, you might as well just stay. And before I knew his, <laughs> before I knew his, like, dirty socks were on my floor, yeah. like, his underwear were on my couch. Yeah. Like, Bill just started throwing things. I have insane. a laundry shoe, and he just started throwing stuff down the laundry shoe. So I'd, like, go to do laundry, I'm like, this isn't mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was always my secret, you know, wish was to have somebody, uh, part, whoever my partner was like, I mean, it's not like a deal breaker, 
but it's a hope, you know, we hope for these things. I hate yeah. laundry. But I hate laundry. I think it's my laundry, yeah. so I get you. <laughs> I think you'll agree that I do reciprocal amounts of effort in yeah. things. Yeah. It's just not laundry. Yeah. I like she folding. shook her head I like a little bit. Stuff. Audience. In, in, yes. an, in answer to what you were sort of asking what yeah. preconceptions yeah. that we have, I don't know if it's a not necessarily a preconception, but it's a more a question like, why does it seem like the. Uh, like you kind of alluded to at the beginning, the life cycle of a gay relationship seems so much faster than a hetero relationship, and I wonder about that. Well, I mean, for, I can just only speak to me in general. Um, you know, even growing up so close to New York City, I was growing. I grew up in a suburb where I was really one of only four gay people in my high school, so I never really had kind of training if you want to call it that, like I never really knew what to expect in terms of what it meant to be in a gay relationship. I didn't really quote unquote date. So some of the first, you know, like my first boyfriend was, you know, my first gay experience. And that was a lot, that was, that, that was my, that actually was my first long-term relationship. So I feel like How old were you? I was, it was 2010. So I think I had to have been like 22. A baby gay. Yeah, yeah, I was a baby. <laughs> Um, so were you, did, did you always know you were gay then? Cause yeah. that's a long way to go from, <laughs> we were actually just talking wrestling. about this the other night. <laughs> so I, I get very crazy when I hear people say that being gay is a choice because I'm definitely living documented proof that being gay is not a choice. And we were just having this conversation and I've earlier. seen his elementary school videos yeah. and his child was gay. <laughs> so, that's such a ridiculous thing. It's just, just to have somebody say it's a, being heterosexual is a choice. Well, that's, like, well, that's ridiculous. Well, I mean, I, I, I just think that that comes with people when, when it's something that it's not a part of your life and you can't relate to it. It's difficult for some people to understand things. You know, how can you, you know, it, it sounds so easy to say, well, you were born straight because you've always liked women i've known that i've always been sexually attracted to men we were just talking about this the other night i used to be a wwf fan growing up <laughs> yeah like and i know it's so funny to say but like i was here i am it's like 1990 i'm like watching you know razor ramon with his hairy chest and his short like shorts and i was like 1990 well yeah and i was like i feel some kind of way about this and i didn't know that it was gay and i didn't know that i wanted to be Sexual with this man, right. but I knew that I was. But it's the same as as any as any person being attracted to other people. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. First it's boys, and then it's like right. boys, and then it's like boys. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. But I think to answer your initial question, I just think that in my experience, I had so little experience that I just dove face first into. You know, I found somebody that was interested in me. I found someone that wanted to spend time with me. The relationship kind of just naturally moved forward quickly. Oh my gosh, I just Googled Razor Ramon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, now you understand why I was, why I was gay. I know it's, I but it's also, I mean, it's, like a, it's, it's almost like understandable that that's what he was attracted to because it's like an ultra masculine right. perception of a man right. kind of thing. What do you call this thing that he's got going with his hair? Oh, Lord. That's a jerry curl. I just one jerry single curl. one going down curl. there? I guess that's a jerry curl. That was, I wasn't looking at his hair. That's why. <laughs> 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 oh, and I had the complete opposite experience from him. So I 
I grew up in like this in the city. I didn't grow up in the grew up grew up in the suburbs. He grew up in the suburbs. I grew up in like Jersey, New Jersey, which is literally right across the river from Manhattan. Mm-hmm. So I had early, you know, you don't I started. Say use guys though. Huh? You don't say use guys. No, I don't say use guys. I'm not like Tony Pizzeria <laughs> from New York. I have a story about that. <laughs> <laughs> so I I started like experimenting. Like I had my first boyfriend at like 14. Yeah. So like. My mom doesn't know this one. She doesn't listen to this. But, like, I used to sneak <laughs> off. I used to ride this, like, bus to see this, like, random kid. Like, because it, it, it's like, the gay thing, too. Like, you discover people online. Like, it was even back then. It was, like, I was. it was online that I met this kid. Mm-hmm. In, like, one of those stupid AOL chat AOL chat Oh, yeah. God bless. Yeah. All those predators. But I started. I started. I started. Yeah, I was the predator. Gosh. Oh. Yeah, so I, I experimented early. Like, I, I came out very early to my parent, like, my mom. Um, I literally came out, like, freshman year of college. I came out with mm-hmm. the help of my aunt, but... Um, was she surprised? No. There's so much yeah. to cover. Yeah. Was it hard for you? Your mo- no, because I, I, I kind of, like, I, I, I had a... It wasn't hard for me because my family was very... Like, my mother was supportive from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, she okay. was like... I Did she care. know? Or... She, oh, she knew. She, she, oh. She's like, I knew. I, she's like, That's I knew. So, yeah, and it's interesting to me because I think the families that are blindsided by this would have been blinds... Like, they're, I think they're just kind of choosing to ignore it. Yeah. Yes. And, like, choosing to For the most part. Some yeah. people, like... I mean, like, there's, there's some... There is just, like, ultra-masculine men that you can't, right. like... You can't... You could never tell. You walk, like... If I took you to like, if I took you to cuff, like, they would think you're one of them because yeah. like, you, you people never like know. what you look like, or it's like what people who go there look like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's why we have all these little. So that's my bar. That's that's, that's your bar. bar. Yeah, I know where it is. That's where the daddies go. You know where to find all the daddies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Look out, cuff. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I had I had experimentation early, mm-hmm. so I never. Like, there's a lot of people like Michael who grew up, like, they'll grow up in, like, Wichita, Kansas or something like that. Yeah. And they, they, they have no exposure. They know they're gay, but they have no exposure. They have right. no way of, like, a, dis- a wor- working on discovering who you are when you're young. And then they move to big old New York or they right. move to Seattle where there's a huge gay community. And they go all out. Yeah. And they go and... Exp- and sometimes people sometimes people never get that out of system, their system because they've, they've kind of, like, repressed that so much. Mm-hmm. And so that's just sometimes that's just how some people are, and some people experiment really early and get it out of their system, and then they want something more stable. Yeah, um, I guess that's I, true with straight couples absolutely, too. Absolutely, because there's people that that always, you know, lots of people that never get married that just yeah. hook up with people or just have casual, short-term relationships yeah. for a really long time, and that's that's what they want to do. Um, yeah, and I think it is like more. I don't. I would think it's more of a cultural and a personality preference of you know. Oh, I really want to settle down and be in a monogamous relationship than it is um, like a sexual orientation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I know that there are certain people, like even like the gay friends that I have who are in monogamous monogamous relationships. Marriage, as we're getting older, marriage has become more of a a hot topic. Yeah. Um, that's become a thing that is like the goal and for me you know manny and i we've had many conversations about how we feel Mm -hmm. and you know getting to live through marriage equality was a momentous occasion in my life and at that point i said yes like this is something i absolutely need to have this is something that i need to i want and as i'm getting older and as my relationship with manny has evolved i 
my views on that have changed to the point where, yes, it's good to know that if him and I eventually want to get married, we can, but it's not something that I feel as though I am looking at my watch waiting for, to happen. Right. Um, and I guess because I feel kind of like Mandy and I are married to begin with, <laughs> so... They're married with children. Yeah, you notice they're wearing... super cute. They've got they got yeah. matching socks, but they're each wearing Holy one shit. <laughs> of the other set. That's so how you know how big of a hot mess is. We're perfect. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. So we've got two sets of different socks, and they're each wearing one of them. Yeah, <laughs> together they're two so match sets. One makes you believe that I work out because it's one of those um, Under Armour socks, it's a which I don't. Sock? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the other one's the just like sock. a straight like Target two ninety nine Hanes. Deal. Like okay, that. so Michael, you asked us what we what uh, preconceptions we had yeah. about uh, gay relationships. What? Yeah, get you, it out. You're not gonna. No, no I'm getting there. Yeah. Yeah. You're not. Um, what so. would? What are some of the preconceptions that you see us having, and what would you kind of tell? That's true. I don't. You would like to, have, yeah, yeah, to calm educate down us about. on. Um, well, I. <laughs> We're just, we're just like you. I'm no, leaning we're in. just like you. Um, well, I, I think, I, I think there's, I think the whole concept of, I don't necessarily know if it's a, a relationship thing, but more of a just a, in being gay in general. I just think one of the misconceptions that certain people have is that you know it is a choice, and mm. I, I wonder where that concept comes from because. You know, I remember being in college and I had a couple of people I met and they would say to me things like, you know, well, I don't know. I don't necessarily. Never met the right girl. I, yeah. You just, I, I, are you really gay? Maybe you just haven't. Yeah. And people would ask me if I've ever been with women. And actually, I think that's, now that I say that, I think that's a misconception. Um, I think straight people think that just because you're gay, um, there's just an instant, like, Women are icky, and I'm here to say. Or I, I feel yeah. like a lot of people think that you you date like a really bad woman, and it like yeah. burns yeah. you. You're like, well, that's, honey. Yeah. There was a um. No. Well, there was a woman that I went to high school with who was. Um, she actually went to Western, so I knew her after high school too. And she she dated this guy who was super nice, and then decided she was gay, and it's whatever. Like yeah. she was like 15. And but he felt really bad about it, and he had this reputation at the school for like turning her gay, um, which was hilarious because he was like a defensive linebacker on the football team and like super like whatever, and it was just like no, that's not a thing. And I think and also just because you're a super line defensive doesn't mean anything because I had right. a little tropes with a little high school. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's gay. I don't know. But he didn't turn anybody here. She didn't turn anybody. Here, no. That's for sure. I think yeah. one of the things that I've learned is Manny and I have evolved in our relationship that I think can go across the board, whether you're in a gay relationship or you're in a heterosexual relationship, is that you have to listen to your partner and you have and not just listen to them speak, but you actually have to listen to what they say. Because nine times out of ten, uh, when Manny and I have conflict in our relationship, it's because I wasn't really listening to what he was saying. Or he didn't feel like I was internalizing or taking to heart what he was saying. Um, I think gay couples go through the same relationship woes that any couple goes through. Do you do you mean sorry? Do you mean to say that when he's upset because you didn't do your dinner dishes or something like that, that you don't understand the words that he's saying, or that you don't? I think you're not listening with enough care. I I think what it is not enough care or 
not internalizing it to the point where why do I have to keep saying this to you? Or if if you do something that is not how it should really be done, it's. I think it's more about like the like when I get frustrated with yeah. you with you specifically, not my other boyfriends, yeah. just you. It's it's more. Um, I think it's more of like you have this thing where it's like why is that important? Mm -hmm. Why should that be important to me? Mm -hmm. But in reality, you should be asking why, why should I, like, it's the same question, but in a different tone. It's, why does this this bother you so much? And, okay, maybe I should just, like, sometimes you have to kind of, like, sometimes you have to learn when to give up and to, like, okay, I'll do what you, I know this bothers, it doesn't bother me and I don't think it's a big deal. But, but it bothers, it bothers you, you, you think so. It's a big I deal. so in turn, if it bothers, if it's important to Manny, it should be important to me and at least a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Or and I that's should at least of all relationships. Yeah. yeah. Or like I should at least put some thought into what I do to prevent a conflict. Because, for example, we'll give an example. The pet peeve I have with him is I've officially relinquished all garbage throwing out duties to him <laughs> because here in Seattle we're very good about like you know cycling and. And doing, we have like three trash cans, and like I'm very diligent about that. I'm very diligent about that. Number one, I don't want to get fined, and number two, I care about that stuff. So he's very absent-minded. He wants he does everything in a hurry. So he'll throw like he'll throw <laughs> like the cat food can and the regular garbage, and then he'll throw like the compostables inside of the where where the recycling is. And then when I go to throw out the garbage, I have to sit there digging through the bag so to so separate the things. So yeah. Do you separate it at the end, or do you just go, "Oh, it's fine"? Well, you know, I I say, "Oh, it's fine," and the then I get, are coming and then I get yelled at. No, no, I mean, and and these are real. No, problems. then he gets mad when he has to do it. But like, if you just did it right from the beginning, then you yeah. wouldn't get mad when you, you have are to do it. Couple. So yeah. is this? I mean, because like I think every relationship has the things where it's incompatibility as far as like he doesn't care about this thing and it matters really a lot to you. Yeah. So there's a spot where am I going to try to change the other person's behavior or there's a part where I remember in one, one of my relationships like I'd say what was on my mind and I could almost see going on with my partner <laughs> this <laughs> gauge <laughs> of this is an irrational concern I'm therefore dismissing it mm-hmm. and I'd be like it's my concern it can be That's rational exactly or irrational but, you, yeah. but it's not you don't just get to say I don't give you a shit about it you should at least acknowledge it, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm not the best. Well, it matters because it matters. It matters to the other person. It doesn't mean that I have to take that on and I have to become the garbage sorter. Yeah, but I don't. Sorry about that. But, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> oh boy, you're gonna no, be but... sorting garbage. <laughs> but is it is it that you're wanting him to understand your perspective, or is it that you're wanting and him to yes, take that and step? he refuses? So he puts up the wall. Like I don't care. I don't give a shit about this. But 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 in the end, I have to, end. and he won't take out the gar like he won't take out the garbage, and I'll have to do it. Looks like I'm gonna be on the apps by the end of this show. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, America. I want to go back to I want to go back to the marriage thing. Mm-hmm. So I wonder too if um, part of this because I think a lot of the couples that rush to get married, like in California and in mm-hmm. New York, yeah. were like had been together for 50 years mm-hmm. and they were just like this day I'm like getting in line at 6 a.m. and I'm getting married because I've had kids with this person yeah, yeah. And I've, I've been through so this, many life so, yeah. changes I think of um, uh, Edith and Thea mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. they did the documentary about yeah. that basically got 
um, the death tax changed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. basically pushed gay marriage through the Supreme Court. That's right. Um, but they, you know, they, they hurried up to get married because they were, like, in their 80s when it finally passed yeah. and they'd been together for so long. And I kind of wonder, um, you know, we're closer in age than Bill. And, like, growing up, like, most of my friends and I, like, are, are uh, we, I never dreamt of, like, what my wedding would look like mm-hmm. in the same way I think, like, my mom did or her mom. Because it just wasn't, like, culturally that big of a deal anymore. It was like, I could get married or I could not get married. And it's, you know, we're in a generation that... Um, straight couples are waiting a really long time to get married as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, if they're going to have kids at all, they're waiting until they're in their early 30s or later. Yeah. And I think it's um, it's interesting that because of where you guys were in age when that passed, I wonder how much that affected. Like, nah, that's like it's super exciting. It was super exciting for me that that happened. Yeah. Um, but it's like it's still um, it's it's less a, it's less a thing because of our generation and our generation's culture around marriage kind of as a whole is yeah I mean I would say I would say that the, that's still true in, in like in the gay community I think it's, I think it's all it's a generational thing versus yeah. a like a heterosexual versus gay thing or it's a generational thing I just think we're, we people are getting married less you go on Facebook you see less of like the uh, like the destination weddings that mm-hmm. they used to have like yeah. some people still have them and it's a beautiful thing and if that's what you want that's that's awesome for you for us I think we pour yeah, yeah. first of all we yeah. pour <laughs> and I'm we probably will get married right. eventually mm-hmm. it's not something that I want that we're like rushing to do right. I, I I we literally we were literally just talking we feel like we're married right. already mm-hmm. like well, we're so intertwined that, with each other right. that it's like and the the difference of <clears throat> Um, if you were a straight couple, um, you know, you don't need one another for financial support. Um, you don't need one another for like health insurance, like all these Mm -hmm. things that like, um, if you're a stay at home mom, like you need a husband that goes out and is like a breadwinner and you need to be like legally lashed to that person for a lot of other, you know, legitimate reasons. But now it's like, I bought a house, I have a car, like I did that as a single 20-whatever-year-old yeah. woman, and it just didn't really matter. No. Yeah, going back to kind of like what you were saying about some of the perceptions that heterosexuals may have that, you know, gay people can probably speak to, um, just the concept of marriage in the homosexual community, uh, the homosexual, the gay community. Um, homosexuals. You know, I, I, rem- <laughs> I remember when gay marriage was state by state started to pass it there was all this conversation around well why do gay people need to call it marriage or why do we have to call it this why do we have to call it that and you know yet it does it does matter and whether you know Manny and I whether we want to get married whether we want to go you know down to city hall and do it whether we want to have a destination wedding I think what the what it comes down to is it's not necessarily the the act of getting married of course there's the significance of standing in front of your loved ones and pledging your life to your partner but it is the legal protect like for me like that's when like that's why i would want to get married because i want manny to be legally protected god forbid something happens to me and i think that there's just this misconception that you know why can't you just call it a domestic partnership or why can't you just call it you know my partner no because I want the same protections that 
you yeah, all would right. be able to have. Right. And I want it by the same name. And part and of I want it by the same name. And it wouldn't be, yeah, and it wouldn't be, um, Bill and I have talked about, like, if one of us got, like, hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, I could go in the hospital and say I was his wife. And people would be like, sure, Yeah, okay. they'll believe it. Right. But if you were like, you know, I'm his husband, they're like, do you have, well, you don't wear a ring. Like, yeah. Are you and we're very, I mean, we're also very, lo- we're also very all very lucky to live in, like, Absolutely. a place that's very liberal. Who right. Probably would believe yeah. us. But, it but would, if I lived in, like, Idaho. Right. Or, and even, you know, I think even here, there would be, if, if you yeah. were making, if you were making, um, and granted, you're not legally married, um, but if you're trying to make decisions for your partner, mm-hmm. I think there's more of, like, a second look of, like, do I let this person make exactly. this decision? Where, yeah. if I was just like, yeah, Bill and I are married, sure, um, I don't think it would be Well, thing. especially if there's a, you know, a, a family member who was disputing something, and well, then you're in real tricky territory, because... Oh, yeah. It's much easier to trump versus a husband and a wife. I, I would imagine carries a lot more clout, just inherently in our culture. Yeah, and that's and I think that's why I think that's the generational view too. I think it's mm-hmm. we want protect we want yeah. we want the right we want we want those protections. It's not mm-hmm. it's it's less and less about yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's less and less about the beautiful wedding and, and mm-hmm. the sir and the ceremony and the party after that. It's more. Yeah. There are lots of us that are that are like that. We have like some friends who are gonna have a beautiful wedding soon at a beautiful mm-hmm. uh, museum in New York. It's gonna be amazing. Um, that's not what we want. Right. We, we our our thing is probably gonna be like city hall, and then we'll have mm-hmm. a little party. Right. That's we don't, we don't like. I'd rather spend all that money on the honeymoon. Right. Yeah. Um, you didn't have a big wedding. It's like five people. Yes. <laughs> While we're talking about it. <laughs> it was six people. Yeah. It's just the parents and us. But it's really all you need. Yeah. And they were in Iceland also. <clears throat> I definitely, and I, I've seen parallels in terms of the significance of getting married between, like, when marriage equality passed, I remember, you know, seeing these couples, you know, saying that how momentous this was, and, and they waited all this time. And in the current political climate that we're living in, especially after this last election, I noticed... <sighs> Um, hashtag, hashtag not my president. Um, <laughs> you definitely, like, I definitely felt the sense of, I don't want to say the sense of urgency, yeah. but I did feel the sense of significance mm-hmm. amongst gay couples that if we this, don't do this, if now, we don't do this yeah. now, our rights may now be hanging in the balance, right. but also it's, it is a significant, um, we're here. And you will not erase us, and we're right. not going to go back in time. Right. So. I mean, we have. We have. We will all be handmade soon. Well, well it's looking red. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's what, close. what is you know, if you look at the current political climate. Mm, now we're getting into the weeds. What is? What's your? What's <laughs> the? Right, wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. But this is. These are big topics, though, because yeah. I mean, I think with this election, it's the single most sort of polarizing event that I've seen in my lifetime as far as families you know I have family members that are Trump supporters and he doesn't resonate with me and to say that I'm not a very tremendously political guy uh, but I don't like a president who lies Mm -hmm. and he stands in front of you even though you know it's a lie and he knows it's a lie he's standing there facing you saying it's not a lie yeah that I find in every fiber of my being to be 
uh, impossibly difficult to reconcile. Yeah. And then when he calls, you know, growing up in, in Southern California, having him say that Mexico is sending us rapists and killers. Mm -hmm. These are my friends and my family, mm -hmm. and I find that fundamentally offensive. So can I tell a story? <clears throat> Please. So I have... No. <laughs> I have two family members that I know of who who voted for President Trump. Um, and I've had conversations with other family members about them because I was always close to them growing up and they always treated me with respect and they always treated me, you know, as if I was their child. And my views of them have changed in the last year because I know they voted for Trump. And does it almost feel like you're sacrificial because they've moved to this other line of thinking and it's just like, well, we know Michael's going to be a casualty of this well, illustration, but it doesn't matter because we have these other goals. Well, that kind of leads to the confrontation that I finally... So I knew that I wanted to speak with them about their vote to understand what goes through the mind of somebody who voted for him to begin with. Um, but I didn't realize that in the, in the in the course of the conversation how personal it would become because, you know, as we were talking about, you know, my first question was why why would you support someone who was so anti LGBT? I mean, if you look at this administration from his secretary of education to his vice president, it is the most anti LGBT administration I think we've seen since the Reagan administration where they wouldn't even address AIDS. How could you look at me, your your nephew, and say that you support gay rights, that you support me being in a, in, a, in a relationship with a partner? How can you say that you love me, but then vote for people who have the complete difference of opinions and... Well, and are, and are actively... You know, and who have promised. Banning, yeah. And, and promised and did, yeah. you know, ban, tried, well, tried to ban trans yeah. from being in the military. Um, tried to change all those stupid bathroom laws, and you know it's like. Yeah, but let's the, not minimize that. Tried, but it's trying. Yeah, oh, because these these initiatives aren't dead. Well, they're, no. they're actively yeah. being pursued. They just haven't been accomplished. The answer right. that and I they haven't been accomplished just because Trump doesn't know what he's doing, right. not because that's not what everybody wants. Yeah, if he, if that whole group of if people gets this, like. Yeah. Smart. <laughs> if they all could sit down and watch the schoolhouse rock about yeah. how a bill is law. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the in the case of my two family members, when I when I was explaining to them why I was so personally offended that they voted for him, they genuinely said to me, and I don't know if they were just saying it because they were trying to, you know, coddle me, but they they genuinely said, well, we don't even know. Like, what are his LGBT views? They don't even... They Which would have made me flip a table. They didn't even really know what he stood for. <laughs> and, and granted, I mean, they were definitely the anyone but Hillary, let's vote for Trump yeah. crowd. But what frustrates me about that line of voter is that you can't sit there and say, I support you, gay nephew, gay family member, but because Trump wants to build a wall and I'm for, you know, curbing illegal immigration, I'm going to vote for him anyway. It doesn't work like that. You, you get the whole package. Right. And this isn't like, this isn't like a typical, like a Republican versus Democrat election. This wasn't like, I disagree with you on taxation. I disagree with you on, on, on like being an imperialist country versus being, you know, uh, you know, 
versus not being an imperialist country. This is this is literally not like these are people's lives and the rights of people. This is not like you should believe the top one percent should get all these tax cuts versus right. yeah. you know <laughs> right. whatever they think that liberals want to do, give free things to everyone, which is yeah. bullshit. Right, right. Because we're practically talking about pink triangles. Yeah. Like it's just that that's that's what's crazy. It's it's hard to like like reconcile the fact that there's like a thirty percent population of voters <clears throat> that will believe anything he says and will go with anything he says because it's him. And if you look at the if that's you, like and if you look at the history of what Mike Pence did, like he went out of his way to defund money that would support HIV funding. He supports conversion therapy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these are not, it's not just a matter of, you know, oh, you know, he, you know, he called someone, you know, a derogatory sort of, like he actively worked to yeah. put legislation that harmed gay people. And he's now in a position of power where gay people feel f- afraid to come out. There's a rise of bullying and bashing. You've seen it in this this hateful rhetoric to begin with so I don't know it's it's very personal and hurtful to me and I think you can't you can't have it both ways so um, I think that's kind of why now in this past political climate you've seen more of a um, it's been more of a protest for people that you know we are gonna get married and these are our rights you're not gonna take them away from us and Donald Trump does not determine my happiness so what was the result with your Family you know, the con. <laughs> yeah. Well, well the, con- the conversation kind of just went. It really was just me wanting to say that I was very disappointed in them and that you need to know that you did something that could potentially harm my life. And that, you know, you can't it doesn't really change things because the voting is over he's the president now um so it was more just a you need to know how i feel about this and you need to know that my respect level for you has gone down and our relationship probably won't be the same and you know i'll see you at family functions i was just talking about this with men you know i'm probably going to see them at, at over the holidays but Am I looking forward to it? No. Am I excited about it? No. Am I going to sit there and make like everything is going to be okay? No. I mean, I'm not a horrible person and I'm not going to, you know, stoop down to the level of a Trump supporter and bait them into a fight. But at the same time, I'm not going to make like, I'm, you know, all is right in the world. I, that would not be true to who I am. Do either of you have family members that stopped talking to you when you came out? I, I don't I, I, I always say that like I'm always very broke I'm very lucky I'm yeah. very lucky some people just mm-hmm. I know people who were literally thrown out the next day yeah absolutely <clears throat> no I know I one kid who was like literally excommunicated from mm-hmm. like he was in a Mormon church or something like that mm-hmm. and he like he was like excommunicated completely and his family completely cut yeah. him off and he was like 15 right and, and really like that's who um that's who I probably... I mean, I, I think I worried about a lot of groups of people during the election. Mm-hmm. Um, but those kids are... Because yeah. it's already yeah. it's already been so terrible for them, like, under any administration. But when you add, you know, um, making it okay to bully people for being different, um, changing legislation that's been so hard to pass, 
and just creating this atmosphere of like anything goes and anything terrible goes first because um, that's it's always I think that's always going to be an issue yeah um, but I think now it's a lot scarier yeah. and I think the um, I I think like I have family members who um, are still very homophobic but have moved from talking about that because it's kind of like it's not um, it's not kosher anymore to be homophobic and they're yeah. they're street wise enough to know that so they're quiet about that um, what they move on to is being really transphobic because yeah. that's still kind of like we're not there yet and with- don't and like don't get it twisted like the gay community is also transphobic yeah. like the gay community is also like yeah mm. it's the same when, as when, the feminist community yeah. it's like white women above women of color like yeah. there's no there's no talk of like it's 78 cents on the dollar for white women um it's like 30 cents on the dollar for latina women like yeah. that's not talked about yeah i like i like what you said about i think a lot of times we imagine ourselves sort of above the fray as far as prejudices and mm-hmm. uh ignoring social constructs and thinking that you know each of us is individually enlightened and i made the comment to like, this gal that i was dating who was bi and i was like well that's great because you got the best of both worlds. You got double the pool to choose from. And she's like, that's not true at all. Yeah, no. There's a huge and stigma against bi people. Yeah, she's like, gay people yeah. don't want to date you. Hetero people don't want to date you. Greedy. Yeah. Yeah, greedy. Or you can't make up your mind. You yeah. Or yeah. You, can't, you can't be in a monogamous relationship. How could you be in a monogamous relationship because you're always looking at everybody? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I remember even one of the things that I heard growing up about being bisexual was that that's just being on the cusp of gay, and you're just not. Well, yeah, totally. A lot of yeah. people, yeah. when they first come out, they they'll come out. Yeah. As oh, bisexual. Yeah, it's Even yeah. I had like a, about like seventy-two hours where I was like, <laughs> I think I'm bisexual, but <clears throat> I'm not bisexual. I can appreciate yeah. women. I love women. Right. Gay people are obsessed with women. Yeah. We're we're centered around women. I was raised by women. I have a mm-hmm. sister. My dad was missing. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> we lost him. So we we lost him at Walmart. We were, yeah, we were at Costco, and he just, he just never came back. Yeah. Went to the cheese section so, and never came back. Yeah, I think, I think that's probably always why women and like gay men have always been like linked. Yeah. Well, we, and we've I feel always like, like yeah, I feel like most of the icons of gay culture yeah. that are that are widely known are like diva women and strong, yeah. strong, ballsy. We were watching like that Shaka Khan yesterday with RuPaul. Yeah, yeah. Miss Tinta Turner. Yeah. I mean, I mean, even some of the the non-entertainers, just like the strong women. Mm-hmm. I I just you know like for instance Maxine Waters. Like yeah. when I listen yeah. to Maxine Waters, and Auntie you know Maxine. I'll be like, yeah. yes, girl, preach. Like yeah, we gotta, we're, 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 we're gonna we are gonna impeach him. Like you know I I've always gravitated towards strong women. Um, that's just kind of who I've always, yeah. Can you talk about um, gay marriage rights? The thing that always befuddles me is why shouldn't one person, I, I don't think anything is more American than being able to do what you want to do. Yeah. As long as it doesn't suppress the rights of somebody else, and that's the thing specifically with gay marriage I've never, never understood is my being married doesn't inhibit your right to be married or not married. So why would you care? That's what I don't ever understand. Because of those quote unquote yeah. sincerely held religious beliefs that we all have. Right. And yeah, that, but there's that there's that commitment on on Christians to not judge, and that one seems to be somewhat flexible from what I. Well, I think yeah, I think here in, in, in the United good old United States of America that we're apparently trying to make great again, um, we I think Christianity in this country kind of has been like, twisted into this like. 
It's a pick and choose. Yeah, it's on like I'm not. I'm gonna eat shrimp, which is like apparently I don't know if that's really in the yeah. Bible. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna like I'm gonna get divorced well, and I'm gonna another man. I'm, I'm yeah. Christian, but I'm gonna right. like have six wives, and then but you I'm gonna hate none. you. Yeah, but you can have none. Uh, there's a really good uh, episode of The West Wing where mm. they host um, a like broadcasting breakfast or something with all these radio hosts, and one of them is modeled after. Um, who's that woman that's not really a psychiatrist that gives advice? Dr. Dr. Laura. Ruth. Dr. Uh, Laura. Dr. Laura. Dr. Laura. Um, and the character, it's like so thinly veiled. It's like Dr. Schmora. But you know, he, the president comes in. Um, she's sitting down. When the president comes in, like everyone stands up, even if it's like the cinnamon goblin. And she stays sitting down. And he's like giving a speech. And he stops. And he's like, he's like, excuse me, who are you? Are you Dr. Schmora? And she's like, yes, yes, I am. And he's like, oh, you know, I love your show. I love when you say that being gay is an abomination. And she says, I don't. The Bible does. And like Leviticus. Blah, 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 blah. He's like, you know, that's great. I love in the Bible where it says you can't wear um, a garment made of two different, woven of two different fibers. And you can't plant two different crops next to each other. And you can't touch the skin of a pig. And mm. you can't work on Sundays. And, you know, the, Old, okay, the Old Testament is riddled with all these rules that nobody follows. And I think that it's... It's a, and I think a lot of this, because a lot of my family feels this way, um, and most of it's a fear. It is like, you're different, you're different than me or you um, and the relationship we have. And like they wouldn't like our relationship either. But it, it's so different and it's so just against the grain for them that it's uncomfortable. And yeah. instead of just kind of like easing into it and just being like, it's probably fine. And like at the end of the day, it's not my business. Yeah. Um, it just becomes... This yeah, weird I think thing. for me, I'm always, I'm just that type of person. Like, I don't care what you you can worship a rock, I you could do like I don't care what you do. Just don't interfere with what I'm doing. Right. It, I mean, it, and I'm that like that way across the board. I'm a pretty liberal person. I'm somewhere in the middle, I guess. And like, but like I even feel that way about like the whole guns issue. Like, if you want to have a gun, you want to go in the woods and shoot some deer, and you want to hunt for your food, like that is cool with me. I'm fine with that. We're not gonna get into that subject, but like. You do what you want, and you let me do what I want, and don't interfere. The minute that you start interfering with my shit, like it's on. Right. That's 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 and that's yeah. just how I am. Like yeah. you, if you are, if you don't like my life, my quote unquote lifestyle, my choices, that's fine. You, yeah. I'm not gonna try to convince you. That's not my place. I don't even want to expend don't that energy. For scruff. Yeah. Right. Don't go on scruff. <laughs> like, don't right. come in my house and watch me have sex with my with my six million partners that you probably think I have. Like. Right. Mind your business. Mind your business. And you know, though, but it's like what, you know, I have to say, the most homophobic and the most anti-gay, those are the ones whose browsing histories... (laughs) Don't even get me started on that. Always end up having the skeleton in their closet. So I want to see Mike Pence's browsing history because I'm sorry. Yeah, I think I did. When when I was uh, doing OK Cupid, they have all the questions. And mm-hmm. there was a few questions that I always looked at. Like I always, first I always want to look if somebody would date kid with somebody with kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a few other ones. But then, like I like to look at the questions, like specifically the homophobic questions for mm-hmm. me. Um, also, the like, science questions to make sure they're not made. Oh yeah, <laughs> the, the ones that the ones that say is the sun bigger than the earth? Because sometimes the op- Well, unless I'm wrong, but pretty sure I'm not. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, there'd be ones like the, one of my favorites is so the, would you be upset if your homosexual friend gave you a hug? And I was like, like the, the option that was picked the most was only if I thought that hug was more than friendly. 
It's a hug, for God's sakes. <laughs> That's not such a real fear for people. Is like, well, you know, uh, clearly I just I have don't a friend get that's it. gay, but like I wouldn't go like to the gym with him and like take a shower because like something and, might, and, something and, might and happen. Usually that person is someone I'm not attracted to. Like I, it's it's, it's this thing, thing with, where it's like yeah. every all of these homophobic men think that. Everyone's because I'm man. gay. I'm attracted yeah. to yes. every like, no. And that goes back to what yeah. you were saying about the misconceptions. Like we just like no, we don't think that every man is just we, like you have yeah. a type. I have exactly right. types. Yeah. But what about this? When I was a kid growing up, if you were homosexual, you were still considered deviant. Like it was a good chance that you were like a child molester. I feel like that stigma's gone. Do you feel like that I don't, stigma's gone? No, I don't gone? think no, that I stigma's think... gone. Because no, if you, if you, all. all you have to do, and now it's been transferred, it's still on, they still paste that on gay people, but now that's been transferred to trans people. So now, they don't want you in the same bathroom because right. they think that, they're using Not that excuse because you're going to diddle always... little children. Right. Like, that's so like you I just want to take a dump her? in peace. Right, right. Like, <laughs> I'm not worried. Who, I'm not worried about yes, gay people take those. <laughs> I'm not worried about who's in the stall next to me. I'm just trying to get my right. business done, and I'm trying to leave the bathroom and go right. back to my sad cubicle. Like that's all I'm like trying to do. Yeah. And that's all. And you know who's in women's bathrooms? Like senators from Idaho. Yeah. That's who's in women's Thanks. bathrooms. Yeah. Running amok. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, it's I so think crazy. what I think it just comes down to is I think that if we all as a society collectively minded our own business just a little bit more, we'd all be a little bit happier because it really, you know, it just it these things sh- don't matter and they shouldn't matter. And what they're rooted in is like you were saying earlier, they're rooted in fear and they're rooted in just not understanding. Right. And I feel like... Well, and I think it's not even understanding. It's just not being empathetic. Not being You don't empathetic. have to understand yeah. it. You yeah. really don't. It doesn't matter. It's just not your business. Right. It's it's just, not... And well, and it's just like, they're just people right. at the end of the day. And the There's crazy... a great line in the... Um, shit, what's her name? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But the movie Trainwreck, mm. New Jersey, um, <laughs> where she's like, I haven't even told... One of the moms like, I haven't even told my kids about gay people. And she's like, they're people. But it's like, <laughs> yeah. what do you have to tell your kids? Like, they're literally, they're people. They're yeah. just people. I think, um, I thought of something. Now I've forgotten all about it. Rats. <laughs> It'll come back. <laughs> it's going to be like 11 o'clock at that. She's going to be like laying in bed. She's going to be like, ah! Do it. I just thought of it. Oof, now I really want to remember. It's going to bug me. Yeah. I do think, though, I think it's funny because um, a lot of gay culture that's been... Um, you know, like drag culture. Drag culture has been a thing for such a long time. Mm. I've seen Paris is Burning so, so many times. I know, like, we know, like, every damn right. reference. Absolutely. Amazing. And now that it's permeated mainstream mm-hmm. culture, it's like it's a new thing. And it's funny That's seeing, not... like, the uh, like the OG uh, queens that are on mm-hmm. the seasons of Drag Race. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of her name right now, but she had the head... That was on uh, top of her head. Ornatia. That was the name of the thing. Vivacious. 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 Yeah. Um, See, if you have a question for a gay, just ask. We'll give it to you. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> you need directions. You yeah. don't know which you drag, drag queen, queen. Um, But she, you know, she was interesting because she was such a huge part of the New York drag culture. Mm-hmm. And she's so famous. But these, these younger 
um, people on the show that are like 23, they're like, I don't know who you are yeah. because the groundwork is just there yeah. and you know, they just don't have to, they haven't had, they don't have to do anything. As I'm getting older. And I think that kind of opens up a whole other subsection of this conversation is that I have become more aware of my gayness as I've gotten older. And when I say that, I don't mean, um, you know, I'm more aware of, you know, the, the men that I'm attracted to, but I'm more aware of my place in society as a gay person. I'm more aware of, you know, remembering where I came from, so to speak. Do you speak. think it's specific to being gay or do you think you're more self-aware as a whole? Well, I think in general, I think this past election has made me more self-aware in general that I need to do some serious work as a human on a, a wide variety of topics, not just as a gay person, but, you know, as a feminist, as someone who, um, as a gun control advocate, as someone who's dating a person who's not white, I've had to do some serious reflection in these last few years. Um, I lived in a sheltered bubble that was kind of broken and chipped away as I lived in New York and I went through the Obama years and things like that. It's very similar to someone, like a, even a straight person who's never encountered, encountered, encountered gay life and LGBTQ people yeah. in general and then getting it, moving somewhere where that's more, prod, like say moving right. to Seattle here right. and like... It's in your face. It's in your yeah. face and you're finally... And, and you're it's, kind a, of like, it's a culture and I think, like I went to high school with kid. I went to two different high schools. The first high school had... An LGBT club yeah mm -hmm. um, and this is you know like the early 2000s like it was very progressive cool whatever I moved in the same town to a different school and it was immediately just like racial slurs like homophobic mm -hmm. slurs transphobic slurs and there was no LGBT population at all right. but I knew a ton of my classmates were gay mm -hmm. and like there's just no way and you know I didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. People picked on them because they were different, but yeah. you know they couldn't. Um, a lot of like, especially the the men would date women because um, it was like I don't want to get beat up every day, so I'm gonna have a girlfriend and just like tough it out the next yeah. four years until I can leave. Um, now they're like, and it's I swear it was like the day after graduation, like. They were the gayest people. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. And you know, it's just interesting to see in the last. Um, you know, almost 10 years since I graduated, kind of what they've done with their lives exactly. and like how they've carved out this lifestyle and like they don't go back. Like there's just nothing there for them. And, and you know, they moved to places like Seattle and to New York because it was like, there's nothing for me here. Like I'm out and not loud about it because I literally can't be, or even as an adult, I will have issues at the grocery store. I will have issues, you know, everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, just because there's no community. Yeah. Um, and people are also just awful. Yeah, it may, my perception may just have changed because like you, I started out in LA and things were really, uh, but it was before really my awareness of any differences between people. And then we moved up when I was 11 or 12. Um, to the to middle Mount of Vernon, nowhere. <laughs> which, which put me in like a, a school district that's, um, uh, that's like very backwoodsy. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we had one I can remember one guy that like people thought might be gay in school, and that that's it. And but I think for me, what what made it be okay to be around gay people 
was my aunt was friends with gay people, mm. and we we went on vacation with a couple of guys, and they were the nicest guys. You always have that one aunt that's like, <laughs> <laughs> she was, got her she was that gaze. <laughs> we spent the whole vacation, and I remember because I was must have been thirteen. And I was uncomfortable at first because, mm-hmm. you know, at school, like, it was perfectly fine to call people a fag. Mm-hmm. And you knew what it meant, and you m- meant it to be bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're around somebody, you have this personal experience, it's like, this is dumb. And yeah. so I think I think that's what helped me grow out of that mentality. And I think if, if people could, and we had a situation in my family like this where I have a cousin who's gay, and he was ostracized from his family for a really long time. And actually, one of my aunts, who's his cousin or something, I don't know. It's a di- it's more distant relatives. Um, she just wanted to take him into her home because she was just like, I don't know. And this was when he was younger, but it was pretty clear like he was a different kid. And he just had a terrible time yeah. in school. Um, and then as an adult, he finally came out. He was probably like in his mid-30s. Um, and he finally came out. And it was just like, nope, like you can leave. And my immediate family has always um, kind of kept him in the fold, but like his parents didn't talk to him for a really long time. And I just can't, like, it was, and it was weird because when I was little, like, he has two brothers and they always brought their girlfriends to like family things. And I was like, why doesn't Nathan bring a girlfriend? And like, no one would just say, like, Nathan dates men and no one wants them to be here. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I've, in, like I said, going back to what I was saying earlier about being aware of, you know, what it means to be a gay person now. I just, as I'm getting older, I look at how younger kids are, you know, coming out at a younger age and they're feeling comfortable. And I just think that it's it's great. And the world has changed. There's so many different things that gay people now that nowadays, especially gay teens, that they have that they can relate to. They can watch. We're them. vivacious now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we they can watch shows like RuPaul. They yeah. can watch um, different types of regular shows that just feature gay characters and you know they they can relate to that yeah and i think that the the culture is so different um in the schools yeah and 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 this isn't everywhere by any means because i i was in high school you know 10 years ago and it was horrific yeah but i think um in bellingham there's been many instances of students who are really young coming out as mostly as trans when they're (laughs) really young um, and you know, like a letter gets sent home up to all the kids' parents, and it's like, you know, this kid that used to be like Christopher is now gonna be Chrissy, and like the kids all know, and like this is what we're doing, so like deal with it. Yeah. Um, but it's it's communicated, it's accepted, it's we are protecting this child, yeah. um, and we're protecting their uh, their identity, and just like making everyone else deal with it, yeah. which is cool. And if right. you don't like it, too bad. And right. I, yeah, I think I think. With all these recent events, it's also a reminder that that saying, you don't, if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. If you don't continue to fight for things, you will lose it. Yeah, people will absolutely. find a way. When you're least paying attention, people will... And people they just, will, yeah. yeah, and they find ways. Um, I think of abortion rights, and mm-hmm. they've found ways to chip away at, um, you know, a lot of private abortion providers as opposed to, like, Planned Parenthood. Um, have to have the doctor has to have admitting privileges which is ridiculous and they have to have basically a whole OR set up and they have to have like an anesthetist and like all this ridiculous stuff that's totally unnecessary but they just continue to put legislative blocks in place that make it near impossible to actually get an abortion in some of these states and the ridiculous waiting periods which I don't want to get into but well they make you watch a stupid fucking video 
Yeah. Well, and they make you watch the video on the first day, and then you have to go home, and then on the second day, like, maybe they'll do it. it. Right. And then on the second day, they'll actually do it, and then you have to come back and, like, watch some other stupid video, and it's like, people don't have time for this. They actually show videos? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, like, places who, like, will, like, they'll show you, like, like, a VHS tape to guilt you into not getting an abortion. And there's places that are not actual abortion clinics that you think it's an abortion clinic, and you go in, and they, like, put you in a room, and they're, like... Christ Don't doesn't do want that. you to, like, it's, it's terrible. It's a whole thing. It's terrible. It's Interesting. A whole thing. Yeah. But we I feel like those are, go. yeah, we have a long way to go, and we have a lot more awareness of, you know, any chip away at rights that have already been achieved is a chip that we don't need. Exactly. Um, for anybody, and it's just all ridiculous. On a more positive note, yes. let's tell <laughs> some funny date stories. Oh, funny, funny date, date stories. stories. Oh, God. I mean, going like, the, the vain culture thing. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> We, you know, you always have to have your profile. You have to have your best profile photo. Mm-hmm. You have to look skinny. You have yeah. to like suck in your gut. You have to like, but I mean, I I went on a date with like, <laughs> I'm partial to older gentlemen. Same, <laughs> same. I'm partial to daddies, but like you know, when I was younger, I was like that. That was always a thrill, like to like uh-huh. to go on a date with like a hot older man. And it, I knew it probably wasn't gonna lead to anything, yeah. but it was like an experience. Sometimes it does. Sometimes, Sometimes it, does. it does. And you know, but there because there's such a vain culture that in in there is a vain thing in gay society where you have to like you have to look your best you have to go to the gym you have to have a six pack you have to like there's a lot of stuff that also women identify with also it's one of the reasons probably we're all so like intertwined it's we all kind of like women need to be perfect and they need to have the big boobs and they need to do the flat stomach and the big butt and they have like they have all of these things that they put onto you anyway make a long story short i went on this i was talking to this guy on one of these like dating sites one of these like sites and nice looking gentleman, older. He was probably like thirty five at the. I was I was younger. I was like like nineteen. <laughs> he was like thirty five years old and hot. Like nice profile. Whatever, it's fine. Talked for a bit. Finally agreed to go on a date. I see his pickup truck pull up. I open the door. Is I this in Jersey. This was in Jersey, actually. Yes, this was in Bridgefield Park, New Jersey. Um, he opens the door. And I'm, I'm like, he, he and I am very forward. I'm very, when I don't like something, mm-hmm. when someone does something, I like, I don't do the Seattle, like, <laughs> passive aggressive, like, they love me at work because of that. God I, bless you. I'm like, I don't like that. Don't do it again. Like, I'll do it at work. I don't care. Um, but open the door. He looks nothing like the foot. Like, the, it, you could tell yeah, it was him. Yeah. No, you could tell it was him, but right. it was like. 15 years early and it wasn't it's not about the age thing because it was never about the age thing obviously it was like dating and trying to like date a daddy but like it was like you like it's you lied like you lied to me straight up like it was if you had and the the funny thing is he was still handsome he was still like I probably would like if he was if he had shown me the same picture I probably would have still gone on the date and like whatever but like I, I opened the door I'm like I just look at him and I'm like no like you're lying, like you're just like, I'm like slam so the door. What like, What do you remember saying to him? I literally did I said fuck. I said I don't know. I said something like fuck this. Like you're like really like I said I'm like really like you're like a completely different person. You're like sending. I don't even remember what I was saying. I was like so mad. And, and I, like, then you just slammed the door. Like I just slammed the door and like walked away. That's brutal. Yeah. 
Ouch. Straight <laughs> I just men. don't like people who lie to me. Straight like, women I, would do well to do stuff like that. Yeah. Because men love to... I mean, I'm sure women do that time, too. But I've shown up to a lot of these where I'm like... I, have, I didn't have that much of that. I had... Like, sometimes you'll get it with... Um, with, like, they'll take angles oh, so you yeah. can't tell what their figure's like. angles. Yeah, and, and you so you that show up and When you have good lighting, you use it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just have, like, my passport picture. Like, mm. Neutral expression. But I haven't shown up on a date and been like, ugh. But, I mean, for me, it doesn't the stakes are low because you're just yeah. having a drink. Like, you don't need to be super hot for me to have a drink with you. I'll just think, oh, yeah, you know, your pictures weren't exactly representative, but I'll live. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I won't slam the truck door in autumn. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so, like, Yeah. I, I have had a no couple patience. I should have just walked away from. Yeah. I have it's like no a patience. car accident. I've had like I've had dates where like you like one of my pet pet, pet, pet peeves is people I, I shouldn't hear you eat. Mm. <laughs> I should not hear you chew, which is funny because I have certain someone across from me that does it like with gum. Oh, come on! And I turn into I don't know if you ever seen Medea like stop snapping that gum. <laughs> That's like I hate it and like I remember like going on it. He was like he was super cute, but it was like an immediate turn off. It was like. He was like, I don't know, he was eating something chewy when yeah. he ordered. It was, he was like, and I was like, oh! And it was like a really, in, like, long, it felt like a really long day. <laughs> There's a term for that, being offended by this. Yeah. Else's it's eating. a phobia thing. Oh my god, it's yeah. like, it like, makes my skin crawl. <laughs> and it's not like everybody I'm makes gonna make sure that I buy a big old pack of bubble gum tonight after this. <laughs> Blow, to blowing them bubbles right up in here. You're gonna be homeless. <laughs> chips. Well, chips you can't kind of you can't eat chips. If you yeah. if you try to eat chips quietly, you just end up making more noise. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is true. Do you have any good ones about chip eating? No. no. <laughs> A good fine date story to contribute. Oh, good. We'll point. come back to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, got I don't necessarily over. know if this is funny, but I just remember. When I was a younger, younger gay growing up into the gay community. No, um, like one of my first experiences, I did not, you know, I didn't really have a lot of experiences growing up with dating and sex. So I didn't really realize that sometimes you go out with people with the intentions of just hooking up with them and it doesn't really lead to anything else. So I was talking to someone for, oh, and this was probably when I was in college. I think this was like when I was a, a junior in college. We had been talking for a couple days, wanted to, you know, make a plan, go out. Um, and then we ended up going out. We got some drinks. It was fine. And then we went out again and I ended up going back with him to his apartment. And after it was all said, Sounds and, familiar. <laughs> after it was all said and done, he was like, okay, see you later. And I was like, and I'm not a very self-aware person to begin with, so I'm sitting there like, are you what? kicking me out right now? Like, am I getting kicked out? And he was looking at me like, yeah, you need to leave. And then that led to my, me doing my first ever walk of shame. And so I don't really, so I guess, I don't really know if it was a funny story, but it was my kind of first foray into, you know, awkward, you know, hookup situations. Hit it and split it. Yeah, hit it and split it. Um... <laughs> And I, I too also, I mean, I wasn't ever really catfish, but I did go out with someone who, you know, their personality really did not match their in, uh, their online personality really didn't match their in-person personality. They were very loud and obnoxious and 
I think they could tell that I was not really enjoying myself, but they kind of were still trying to get me to stay. And so I've just, you know, I'm, I'm a very awkward person to begin with, and I don't really know how to handle awkward situations. So I usually end just up doing it the wrong way. Basically. Bye. I know. Bye. Yeah. That's just the type of person I am. Just I don't have any patience. I like, wish I could do that. I have, I but I, I some days I wish I could turn that same thing on. I don't. I don't have that innately, but I also neither will I um, put up with. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would probably would have gone on, on the date and then just not not ever call them again. But you'd befriend them though, because that's what you do. No, I, I, I like to stay friendly because you're gonna see them at some point in town and. <laughs> Maybe here in Seattle, because Seattle's smaller. Like, yeah. I mean, it's not small, but it's like. Yeah, where we live is small, and I go yeah. to everybody. And then I see them around town and just like duck behind things. Yeah. And I'm like, we're not doing this. <laughs> At the post office. Like, yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. I don't feel like I have to do that. Yeah. I mean, good for you. You're yeah. further along in your life than me, and I just. <laughs> I'm failing. I'm just at, a, at a point in my life where I can't. I'm in a really good place in my life right now, so... Everything yeah. is set. I think, too, uh, I don't know. I feel like it's hard. Um, men don't like boundaries. It would seem. Men don't like boundaries being set on the relationship. Like, being friend-zoned is, like, the biggest insult. And it's like, I'm sorry if I'm not attracted to you. Like, we could be friends if mm-hmm. you could get over it, but you yeah. apparently can't. So I guess I just never speak to you again. Sorry. That's kind of how I am. Once I'm very, like, if I know that you need to not be in my life, I'm Oh, just, you're out, yeah. You're out, and burn you're not coming down. back in. And burn it down. Burn it down. Should I read into anything? Read no. in anything? <laughs> <laughs> just checking. Well, do you have a good date story? I don't, I don't, I do, but I think, I think this one's not, like, my date story. Our episode's already good, and we should right. stick to our topic. <laughs> All right, jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been wonderful interviewing you. It's been Thank awesome. you Thank for you having us. Thank you for being us. our first very, our very first guests. Yay! Uh, and hopefully, we'll you'll be back. Yeah. Hopefully, time. you start a podcast. We yeah. can guest on your podcast. Absolutely. I can rage against the machine on your podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm ready. She's ready. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Doing on the patriarchy. Yes. Oh, that would be the number one guest. That, that we'll, we'll just give you the mic. Yeah. And we'll let you go. <laughs> Dial me in. Guest host. So, yeah. Perfect. On today's episode. Yes. I'll have like yeah. a, a Krista Trippett. What's her name? Krista Trippett. On being. On being the yeah. Perfect. Love it. On today's episode. Patriarchy. <laughs> Patriarchy. Love that boy. Perfect. Well, thanks everybody. Um, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on our website, we're not experts.com. And you can find us on Instagram at we're not experts. Thanks. Oh, you know when it feels right. You know when we got it tight. So we don't tear it tear. When it's gone.